0: You're listening to Two Smart Assets with Chris Thompson and Danny Nichols. This is your source for passive investing in real estate syndications. It's time for us to gain knowledge and take action. So let's go. What's going on everybody? Welcome back to the show. This is the Two Smart Assets Real Estate Investing Podcast. I am your host, Danny Nichols, here once again with my co-host, Chris Thompson.
1: What's going on, Dan? It's good to see you, bud.
0: Good to see you, Chris. You know, uh, I think this week's episode has a lot of great stuff in it uh, for active and passive investors. Uh, had a great guest on. Tell the listeners what we're talking about today.
1: Okay. So today's guest was Hendra Tambonen. Uh Hendra is a principal of Ideabox Capital and after investing in single family on the side, just to kind of save for his son's college fund, Hendra soon realized that multifamily was the way to go if he was wanting to scale. So since making the jump to multifamily investing, uh, you know, in mid-2019, Hendra's been involved in multiple projects as both the general and the limited partner. Uh, Hendra, along with his wife, Mercy, they also lead the multifamily and more the San Francisco chapter, where they network with like-minded multifamily investors. Uh, and today, we spoke about in depth, uh, you know, really about getting involved in just kind of the importance of educating and investing in yourself to develop the confidence and the mindset needed to be successful in multifamily syndications. We also spoke about, uh, you know, what new passive investors should be focusing on when they're finding their partnerships and when they're making their investments. He's a cool guy. I like him.
0: Yeah, Hendra's a great guy. You know, like I said, there was a lot of good stuff in here for active and passive investors. So I'm very excited to share this uh, with all our listeners. And uh, before we jump into today's show, we want all our listeners to know that we truly appreciate you tuning in. And if you'd like to show some love and haven't done so already, please make sure to subscribe to the show and leave us a rating and written review really helps us attract more guests, grow the podcast, and ultimately provide better information for everyone listening. Also, if you're a passive investor or looking to learn more about passive investing, then check out our website at twosmartassets.com. There you can find our passive investing guide and apartment syndication sample deal that will have you primed and ready for when the real opportunities come your way. Also, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're posting some great content on there, so make sure to follow us and start connecting. All right, now that that's out of the way, let's jump into today's episode with Hendra What's going on, everybody? Today's guest is Hendra Tabunin. After investing in single family on the side to save for his son's college fund, Hendra soon realized that multifamily was a way to go if he wanted to scale. Since making the jump to multifamily investing in mid-2019, Hendra has been involved in multiple projects as both a general and limited partner. Hendra, along with his wife, Mercy, also lead the Multifamily More San Francisco chapter, where they network with like-minded multifamily investors. Hendra, it's great to see you. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having
1: me, guys. We're excited to have you here.
0: Absolutely. Very excited. You know, we kind of just want to dive into it. There's a lot of good stuff here that we want to talk about. But first, we want to start by uh, talking about your jump into multifamily. You know, obviously, there are a few differences between investing in single-family real estate and multifamily real estate, and even more so in large multifamily real estate, right? So talk to us a bit about um, some of the things you did to become confident enough to make the switch.
2: Yeah. So for us, it's not easy to say is a confidence switch right away yeah, I mean it's like first time for everyone you know it's always going to be a take a, you know nerve-wracking but the idea is just like hey we got a why which is our son like what you said you know in my intro it's just from our son right he's just pretty much our why for our whole family and that's the reason why it's easier you know I'm not saying it's easy but it's easier for us to, to live into with a family um, just because it's a strong why and the secondly also we see it this is like a business my wife has um experience in working in a in a hospitality industry business before she was working in the restaurant industry so she got to understand about how to operate a business before in some of um you know she was able to triple the the restaurant sales that she operated for her friend so that gave her a lot of confidence how to run a business right and then the multifamily if you look at anything about Five units and above, you need to see it as like a business perspective, like how to increase the uh, income and then also minimizing the expenses that way. And For me, um, I come from the consulting background. I understand about project management. So that's going to make it easier for us be the strong why with the project management experience and her experience running a business. It kind of help us make a transition from single family to multifamily.
0: You know, I think that's huge. You know, you're talking about, you know, basically job experience and what you guys do in your personal life or work. Uh, those skills translating into, you know, like I said, moving into something large, large multifamily, those project management type roles. Uh, I think that's huge. And I think a lot of people who do have W2 jobs or any type of, you know, full-time job outside of real estate in, who are looking to move into real estate, they might not realize that some of the skills they do possess that will really translate well into multifamily. So I think that's, it's important to recognize, um those type of skills. So I think that's great that you guys you guys do that. So I do want to ask when you moved in from single family to multifamily, did you go, did you start with small multifamily or did you jump straight into
2: syndications? Actually um my first deal is actually a syndication though. We helped wow. the it's actually one of the largest to until now. And then you know and I'm going to warn everyone don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and a lot of people are are really excited because of the number of units. But um yes, when you acquire a property, it's, it's it's a nice thing to have, right? How many doors do you have, thing like that? But at the end of the day, you just like I said before, it's a business, right? How do you maximize the income and then minimizing the expenses? And if you're not really um having experience or you're not partnering with the good people or experienced people, that could be a problematic if you're taking down the larger units. You know, I'm not saying that I have a bad partner, but it's just from you know, from what I'm hearing in the, in the market, you know, from people saying it, it just, it's a lot more challenging to take down and repositioning a larger unit. I mean, it's as good as it sounds, it's, it's just like it's good for, you know, on the paper, like, hey, I own X numbers, right, of units. But at the end of the day, you are making money when you are able to reposition it really well successfully.
0: It's all about executing the business plan accordingly, right? I mean, you can't, just say you,
2: can't just say you
0: own doors because you might own a ton of doors, but they might be, you know, you might be terrible assets. So you just want to make sure that uh, you're able to do what you say you're going to do. Um, you Absolutely. know, and you're, and you're talking about syndications. That's a big jump coming from single family straight into syndications and kind of just said, you know, be careful. Um, I do want to ask a question in terms of, you know, investing in syndications, it's definitely a different ball game in comparison to the single family investing, right? And I'm kind of curious what resources did you use to educate yourself about syndications and are there any resources that you would credit to your
2: success networking and masterminding right um syndication investing in multi-family is all about relationship um it's basically through your connection and always stay than any any offering that you got offering of uh offering about syndication of the deals then, you know, obviously everything is a performer, but at the end of the day, what you trust is not only just the deal itself, but you also need to trust the operator. And how do, you, how do you can trust them and verify them at the same time is through networking. A lot of people think like this is just a very big world, you know, for a multifamily, but it's actually a very close-knit um, world where, you know, your brand is it's actually being exposed on a daily basis. How you present your brand as an operator, as an investor is being known easily you know, I I really recommend to network with a lot of people, get to know. And what do you think about this market? What do you think about this operator? You know, trust and verify. Not trying to gossiping or by any means, but trying to take care. You know, understanding your experience in the past, they're going to help you and give you a confidence boost, right? When you want to invest in the syndication.
1: So I want to touch on something real quick that you both uh, kind of touched on. You know, just being, uh, you know, this uh, basically about a partnership. You know, we all know you know, investing in multifamily syndications, it's about teamwork and it's about, you know, the partnerships. And, you know, when developing those partnerships, uh, each individual person brings something different, you know, maybe a particular value or a set to the table. And when a new real estate investor comes in, they might, most likely you're going to, they're, they're going to have like limited knowledge, limited experience, and, and they might not fully understand the value that they bring to the table what would you say to that new investor that's when it comes to understanding their own value and skill set and how to find a partnership where that value is needed?
2: Absolutely. So you, you, you're completely right about, you know, um, bringing value, right? How, how do you, how you contribute to it as a team, right? So my life philosophy, and then I applied also in my business philosophy, in everyone, in each person, they have three T, time, treasure, and talent. Obviously, treasure is a simple thing. You you have a network, your IRA, your your saving, that's your treasure. Or maybe you have a a connection or network with a high network individual that you can bring in help with raising capital. That's a treasure that you can bring into the table and help the team. Um, The other two that a lot of people are neglecting so much is their talent. Uh, Like I mentioned before, your experience, your W2 experience that you bring on the table, that's really helpful. That's your talent. Your project management experience, your business acumen, that's, an, that's a talent you can bring on the table. How many times that we we've seen people that actually struggle with Excel or accounting or bookkeeping? That's a talent that you can bring on the table. You're a good financial analyst. Uh, you know, you're pretty good with Excel. You know you're good with numbers, perform a projection. You can bring on the table. The other thing that a lot of people also neglect the most is the time. You might not have the treasure. You might not have the talent but you do have time. Hey, at least you can bring something on the table in the time. You can be calling the brokers. You can do a mystery shop. Uh, you can also building a relationship and do research about offenders. There are many things that you can bring on the table. You know, if you adopt that T philosophy that I highly recommend that each one of us to do when we are vetting our partnership.
1: I actually, actually really love the three Ts, you know, the time, the treasure, and the talent. I think that's, I think like those are, I couldn't actually name fewer components, fewer necessary components. I think that like covers it perfectly, you know, without, I guess, going too far away from this. Can you tell me a little bit about your mindset? You know, when it comes to coming from, you know, having the security of that W2 job and that steady paycheck to like the shift towards entrepreneurship, you know, where it's everything that you can earn is completely up to you. There's no limits now. How's that? How's your mindset play into that?
2: Yeah, um, in the past, I used to travel a lot. I mean, you know, before pandemic, I travel Monday to Thursday. And my, you know, I'm making pretty good money as a consultant, tech consulting, um, working for a big corporation, my clients, big corporation. And the challenge is also, I have a a son that grew up, I mean, he's a teenager now, he's 13 years old. And my wife is operating a restaurant, and golf course. And he also makes good money also. Pretty much all her you know, the revenue coming from private event that typically like, uh, you know, birthday party, graduation, wedding, all that happened on the weekend. So as you can imagine that, you know, even though we make a pretty good uh, income, but the time becoming, you know, to spend together, is just becoming tough. And then again, with the strong why we understand the family is very big on us. You know, I, I grew up, you know, uh, with the family pretty close with each other. And so is my uh, families. So the the family time is very crucial for us. It's very precious for us. And given that those two limitations, we just figured out, you know what, we got to find a way that, you know, when we can enjoy the time together, we love traveling, by the way. Um, You know, our most memorable moment that when I was traveling as a consultant, I got a a chance to go to Europe and took them with me, which is really, uh, you know, something that we always treasure to now. So with that kind of mindset and strong why, you know, it's, easier for us? What kind of business or what kind of uh, hustle that we can do to give us the, the passive income, yet also liberate us to do what we want, whatever we want. And that's the reason why real estate, especially multifamily, they come to the picture.
1: I think you have. A, I think you have a great point, you know, that work-life balance is crucial. And I think that's why a lot of people, myself included, are drawn to real estate. It's that the ability to, you know, once we're all in and things are rolling, it's like now we freed up so much more time just to actually do what we would like to be doing rather than spend, you know, 40 or 50 or 70 hours at work every week. You know, it's crazy, but uh, and you you kind of already answered it, but I'm actually curious more specifically, like, can you, can you tell me a little bit more about what it means to you to have that investor mindset and maybe something that somebody else might learn from? So can you, when you said investor mindset, can you expand on it a little bit? It's about that 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 inner drive that it's going to take to, uh, you know, the, you you see through see things maybe through a different lens, you know, like as you're, I mean, like because you, you began starting out with the uh, with the small or not small, but the single family homes and stuff, and then you know you, you begin to accumulate. Maybe we don't know how to scale that, but then like maybe a light switch turns on, like okay, like I wasn't thinking about that before.
2: Got it. Yeah. So I think we might be starting with investing in real estate as a mindset, but the way I see it, we need to recondition ourselves as a real estate entrepreneur because at the end of the day, yes, we are investing, we're buying an asset, but at the end of the day, it's a business. The way I see things like who is our main customer? Our customer is the resident that lives in our community. How can we serve them better? We like to treat it this like um, like a fast food experience. Uh, a lot of people like to go into fast food for because of for a reason. Because of the the you know I, I you know we got an in in and out. I'm in California here. In and out is a good experience, right? You know, it's a good burger. I mean, it, but a good experience too. People know how to treat you well. Chick fil A is another one. They really really know how to treat you well, and then. You know, everybody knows fast food is bad for your health, but the moment that you know good customer service, you don't mind coming back.
0: Sure. And that kind of
2: mindset that we have to put in a multifamily too, right? How can we serve our customer, which is a resident? So they want to say, probably saying, properly saying like, I live in this community. I'm really proud of living over there. And I don't mind living here for a long time, right? That kind of entrepreneurial mindset that we have to embed it. Yes, we're starting with an investor, but we have to also start thinking about the customer service, and how to have create a win-win solution between the resident and ourselves as the owner.
1: I think that's a good point coming from contribu- contribution and, and and providing value for others that they see, you know, that it, it, you make it worth their while. Absolutely, absolutely. You want to you want to get a customer for life. A lot of people think,
2: "Oh yeah, you know, I, I don't mind losing a customer because I can always get a new one." But they forgot that the the acquisition cost of a client is going to be costly too. You're going to, maybe I don't know what your arrangement with your property manager. It could be half month of rent, right? That's going to be, if you're doing it every every year, then how much do you lose, right? You right. better retain the, the residence and then, keep, you know, keep them as long as they want over there, right? Well, it's also create a win-win solution for you and the residents.
0: I think that's such a huge point. You know, you said win-win, you know, I think if you can create that kind of environment, uh, basically with most things, but especially in multifamily with a, you know, landlord and your tenants, I think, uh, you know, especially when you consider what's happened in 2020, right? I mean, there's some crazy stuff that's been happening, but if, you know, creating that win-win, really, that's, uh, it's so important. And uh, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, Hendra, real quick. I think I want to pivot just a second. And I know in your bio, we mentioned you've been on the GP and the LP side, and we know that your first uh, deal in multifamily was uh, a syndication. Now, did you invest passively before being active or active before passive?
2: Actually, active first before passive, which is, like I said, you know, don't do it. Don't follow my footsteps. <laughs> so, so,
0: so, so, so I want to ask a question about that. So, you know, yeah, you've been, you've been uh, you know, you went to the active side and then you decided to invest passively. Uh, what, what drew you to, you know, you've already done a deal actively. You've already been a syndicator. What drew you to investing passively as well as that instead of just saying, hey, I'm just all in as an active investor. That's all we're going to do.
2: So a lot of people want to get in active, and I don't, I don't blame them for that, right? But active is called active for a reason. You need some participation over there. So obviously, when you're playing active, you, you need to put the skin in the game. You, you need to do something. Maybe you invest in relation. You're maybe re- re- managing asset. Now, the point of the game that I'm in, you know, I'm trying to make the money work for me. So if I get an opportunity and then see it's a good deal, I don't... Personally, I don't mind coming in as passively as long as I know that the money is going to be working for me. You know, so the second one that I came in is actually a smaller deal. Uh, it's about 104 units in in Texas, and that's been my my most favorite deal, to be honest, with you, right now, because the the target was 10 percent. They're able to give it to 12 percent now. It's actually the last 18 months. They've been giving me twelve percent. So for me, like I don't, I, I can play passive all day long. If that's going to be happening again,
0: yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's huge. You know, I mean, you gotta you gotta put your money to work for you. And I think uh, you're doing the right stuff. Absolutely. I, I got to ask another question regarding that. It, you know, you went and you went and invested in passing these deals. Do you think making those passive investments with other syndicators, people who are who else are doing these things? Do you think that kind of, you know, helped you understand the business a little bit better, or like helped you maybe succeed even more as an active uh, investor?
2: Yes. Um, every opportunity with, you know, that I'll learn from partnership, whether investing or passive or invest uh, actively or passively, i always taking it, uh, you know, how can I take that lesson learned from the experience? So when I operate the deal myself, what's the pitfall that I have to overcome? Maybe a lack of communication, for example, or maybe just some clarity in, in communicating something. That's going to be a lesson learned that I'm trying to improve when I'm doing the deal myself. So it's always gonna be a learning experience for me. My wife um, turned me into Simon Sinek' book, it's called The Infinite Game. So mm-hmm. I think that has become our mantra now. It's just like, you know, I always tell myself, you know, I'm still learning, I'm still learning. Because there's always gonna be an endless pro- progress, right? When we wanna, I'll, I'll enjoy talking with people, uh, building relationship, networking with people for that reason. Because I, I feel it's always something that I can enjoy and learn from from others. I mean, that's the reason I reach out to you. I think, you know, I think Dan Absolutely, and, yeah. and then Chris, right? I reach out to you like, hey, I want to talk with you. I want to know more about you, right? Because I want to learn from you too. What, what are you guys doing? And it could be something, one or two things that I can. I'm pretty sure I can learn and then I can apply to my business. Exactly. You know, I
0: th- and I think you know it's a, such a huge point. You know, and you've probably noticed this in just the multifamily, you know, sector with you know dealing with other investors, connecting with the people. Everybody's so generous and giving. You know, I, I don't think we've come across anybody who's. Who's not been, you know, Hey, if you need anything, let's link up, you know, we'll connect you with somebody, anything, you know, it's just been, it's just been so nice. And I'm, I'm sure you've had the same experience as well, especially in your multifamily more uh, chapter there in San Francisco. I'm sure you guys are doing just that. So, um, you know, and and while we're, while we're talking about passive investing, you know, we talk to a lot of newer investors, um, Uh, who are looking to get maybe into uh, passive investing in real estate syndications. You know, and I'm just kind of looking for your opinion because we get different opinions from different uh, active investors and other experienced passive investors. What do you think is the most important thing that maybe a a newer passive investor or somebody who's looking to get into passive
2: investing should should focus on before making the initial investment? Well, get to know them, interview them, right? Uh, Make sure you're aligned with your why. I always make it a habit when people want to invest with me, I always ask them, well, what is your why? Because I need to know. I mean, a lot of people are like I want to make money. Well, everybody want to make money, but what is your why? What is your money for? Because if somebody come to me, it's like you know, I, I got a, I got a people that's actually respond to me. It's like, oh, you know, I'm a good friend. It's like, I like your deal. I'm gonna ask my you know my grandma to invest all her money with you. I said, oh, please don't. Because the end of the day, you know, I mean, as much as I want to uh, your grandma to invest, but look at the here, this is her life savings. She's enjoying her retirement i don't want I still want to be able to sleep at night, knowing that she can still enjoy life and without having to worry about the risk that she might be losing it all you know during her retirement. so I want to know her their why why they're investing it so I, I would really encourage the all the passive investors that want to become an equity partner invest with them, but before that ask them why and then secondly, looking their work ethics because I've seen people that they're they chase after you because they know they're gonna you have some uh you're a prospect, right? They wanna invest. But at the end of the day, when you say no, then there goes the communication. They never appear to you and anything like that. Imagine that if that kind of partner that you want to have when the things go sideways, right? If there's an, you know, uh, there's something that does not work out right, is he gonna be the person that's gonna be still, you know, returning your call? That kind of thing. Vet them up. Uh, I always equal the partnership is just like. Like, uh, like getting married. I mean, you're not going to get married right away. You're going through acquaintance, friendship, dating, you know, or courtship, right? Engage and then married. You don't really put all the deals at the same time with the same operator all the time. Something you have to go through that kind of phases before you're just like, yep, this is the right partner. I'm going to work together no matter what.
0: You know, and I think you hit it perfectly there. You know, and that's kind of what we talk with, uh, you know, other past investors who were passive investors. Uh, we tell them, hey, the first thing you need to do is you need to build that relationship with whether you're a credit or non-credit doesn't matter. You need to build that relationship with uh, the sponsor and be asking the right questions, you know, and and make sure that your interests do align because. Like you're saying, you don't want to get married on the first day. Well, I mean, I guess some people do, but that's not typical, <laughs> right? I mean, let's just be honest with right. ourselves. Uh, so, yeah, yeah I, think, I think you're spot on with that, man. And uh, I appreciate you uh, sharing that uh, with our listeners as well. Uh, conversely, I want to hit on something on the active side, just while we have a few minutes left here. Um, and you kind of touched on it a little bit, but I want to see if there's any more to it. What do you think has been the most difficult part about being on the active side of
2: syndications? For me, it's, it's more on... Juggling the time, right? I'm I still have a W two job, and that's a reality that you know I'm not going to try to hype people. You know, um, I'm not a full time, but that's always the ability being uh juggling because for me it's not necessarily a burden, but it's the trust that people give it to me, right? While becoming my equity partner, they trust me, they trust my ability that I'm going to make the deal works. So for me, it's a, it's a it's a privilege, but at the same time, I want to do it right, and then. I obviously want to make sure that in any way I can to get it right, you know, and that's always been a constant challenge because how do I make the experience better for the, my equity partner to be well-informed and to know what's going on? Because things, things can go sideways. I mean, that's the reality of life. But how do I communicate it and make sure that the, not try to sugarcoat things, but give them the reality that this is happening, but we are finding a way to overcome it. That's always been the the, the challenge, becoming an active investor.
0: Absolutely. I think you're, again, spot on with that. Um, I do have one more question before we wrap up here. Um, you know, I, you kind of said it before with basically I asked, you know, hey, you know, what do you think about people getting into the active side? I said, don't do it. You know, it's kind of because there's a lot to it. But I was going to see, you know, there are, we talked to a number of people who, who are trying to get into the active side of syndications. Um, what are any words of advice you give them? You know, is it maybe, you know, start by, you know, make sure you're getting educated, start by getting a coach. What Do you have any words of wisdom for those brand new uh, syndicates?
2: So th- this is goes for both active and, and and passive, right? And before you invest in anything, not just real estate, make sure you invest in yourself, invest in education, make sure you know and understand it, you know, because a lot of people think like, oh, I'm going to be passive investor. I don't need to do anything. I trust this guy. Just keep here. This is my money. And then, Voila, the money double up in five years. But that's not the reality. You couldn't understand how the business work, right? That's the reason why getting educated really helpful. That's really the the homework of the 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 market is really suit well with what the operator said. Does the ran growth really suitable? And and you, you can trust and verify it. You know, that doesn't really make any sense. So getting educated for me, it's really uh, important, you know. So that would then you can get in there. And then number two, talk with a lot of people too, whether you're active or passive, because at the end of the day, that's going to be part of your trust and verify. Get to know the get the, the and like what you said, Daniel, and then, uh, you know, the community of Motif family is so giving that they don't mind sharing it. You can verify it, you know, how's the market doing really well or not? That way then you can, again, validate Whatever the people said.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, I think that's that's it's so true about, you know, networking. And I know that's how when we first, you know, because we did single family before we got into anything passive investing in syndications, you know. And we just wanted to basically like dive in, you know, as soon as we found out, let's see how much we can learn about this. We hit attending events back when there were live events, you know, reading all the books, you know, listening to podcasts, and then, you know we learned so much and we connected with so many people. It's like, man, this is amazing. You know? And I think for just like you're saying, whether you're getting into active or passive, it's going to be one of the biggest things, get educated, read the books, listen to the podcast, you know, but then you got to take some action. You got to get there, you got to talk to people, uh, and you got to start, you know, actually learning things and communicating with people. And I got to be honest to uh, us starting this podcast has been instrumental in making that happen, you know, especially with, you know, things being closed down and all that stuff. So it's been very helpful. So I. Totally agree with you when we're talking about newer investors. you got to get educated and you got to network. These are fundamental things that you can't go without. So, Absolutely. well, Hindra, you know, this has been a great conversation. We've really enjoyed getting to learn more about you and, and your story. Uh, but before we get out of here, we want to take some time and shine the spotlight on you. So tell us more about your company and whatever else you got going on.
2: Yeah. So my company is called Idea Box Capital. We syndicate multifamily, and, but happy to connect with anyone. You know, you don't necessarily have to invest with us if you don't want to, uh, but this is just opportunity for you if you want to get into multifamily. We we'll would love to connect with you. Hey, we are where we are today because of somebody invest their time with us, and I want to do the same thing with the, to your listener, to your audience here, so they can reach out to me, Hendra uh, Tambunan at Facebook, or you can go to our website, Idea Box Capital, I D E A B O X C A P I T A L dot com, and click the contact us and hopefully can connect it and I can add value to your multifamily investing journey.
0: Awesome. Awesome. You know, I think that's pretty fantastic. We're going to make sure to include all those links in the show notes. So all of our listeners, they can reach out to you and uh, learn more about you and get connected because you're obviously providing a lot of value and we want to make sure our listeners can get a part of that for sure. So um, Hendra, it's been great having you on the show. We really appreciate you talking with us and we look forward to speaking with you again. Thank you guys. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. Head over to iTunes to subscribe to the show, and while you're there, we'd really appreciate you leaving a rating and written review. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to hear on the show, connect with us on social media or through our website at twosmartassets.com. We look forward to
2: speaking to each and every one of you. Talk to you soon.